What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of The Sandbox Gamers. Thank you so much for joining us. We're your source for all things video games. We're talking all the latest video game news and topic-led discussion of all the video games we've been playing over the past week. And this week, we're going to dive into Elden Ring. Yes, the game that punishes you nonstop. We're gluttons for punishment, and, well, we're going to get into it. I'm your co-host with the most wonder, Rob. Thanks so much for joining me, and I'm on the line with two of my bestest friends in the whole world, Vactor. Oh, yeah. And Jeff W., the always angry Jeff W. Hey, Rob, you got a lot of cats? <laughs> that'll, make sense. that'll make sense later for you in the week oh man i don't get it <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us everybody if you're not already subscribed hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on and don't forget to do us a solid do us a kindness why don't you you can leave us a nice little review on apple podcasts we do have four reviews on apple podcasts right now boys only one with actual words <laughs> but four reviews in total five stars we appreciate it uh maybe next week if we get more reviews we'll make a special shout out on the show but i'm not going to shout out the one that's on there because it's from mark vippert <laughs> <laughs> i mean that in the nicest way possible but he's part of the geek so to speak podcast network so yeah. <laughs> i'm not going to shout his out uh but speaking of that you can also give us a review on spotify spotify just rolled out a new a uh, little cool little tool on their mobile app where you can rate podcasts as well. I don't know if we have any ratings on Spotify uh, yet. I haven't really checked. But uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and give us a, a review. Do us a, a kindness because it's going to help us grow. We're just a small, small gaming podcast, but we want to grow into a huge, bulbous gaming podcast. So that would help. Tell your friends. Tell everybody because we're the Sandbox Gamers. And we are part of the Geek So To Speak podcast network, but we'll have more information on that at the end of the show. All right, so, boys, one thing I want to do real quick this week, because we totally forgot to do it last week. We were overzealous last week. We were just excited, and we wanted to start the podcast. But we didn't take any time last week to actually introduce ourselves and do a little get-to-know-you segment. So, of course, I'm Wonder Rob. We've got Vector. We've got Jeff. So let's. I'm going to do a prompt. Let's do a little call to action for you, boys. Just tell mm -hmm. us, tell us about you, and let's say, give us one of your favorite video games and the games you like to play, just in general. And let's start with Jeff W. Because I can see he's furious. He's mm. fuming on the mm. chat, and that's why we love him. So Jeff, what? Give us one of your favorite games and tell us about the games you like to play. One of my favorite games. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with Skate Three. I think is one of my favorite games of all time. I probably have an embarrassing amount of hours in that game. I say like Pokemon. Let's. I'm I'm a fan of the earlier games. Those a little more simple. Pokemon Blue, Red, Yellow. You know, are are my kind of games as well. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of of everything I've played. I try to play as much as possible. But uh, yeah, I'd say you know those the yearly Call of Duty release is always on on my uh, on my schedule to get. Vector knows that we play uh, our fair share of that. Um, Halo, Halo is what got me you know super into Xbox and Xbox Live, which is where you know we met Vector. I met Vector uh, playing games. Um, so yeah, anything uh, you know that is 
uh, fun to me, like, you know, skateboarding and stuff like that. Guns uh, for our buddy uh, Fink, you know. A lot of people <laughs> don't know this. Like that. Uh, Jeff W., uh, in his free time, he goes skateboarding around his neighborhood holding guns. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody stays out of the streets when they see yeah. Jeff W. rolling yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, me and uh, Dave Franco, uh, my brother. Uh, yeah, do that quite often. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, those are my uh, those are some of my favorites. I'm sure I have like a hundred other ones that I that I play all the time. But you know, all right, all right, ones, yeah. perfect. Well, I'm sure over the course of this podcast, I'm sure we're going to do thousands and thousands of episodes. We'll get to know your your gaming yep. selections pretty darn well, Jeff. Thank you. Now, Vactor, on the other hand, Vactor, tell us one of your favorite games and the games you like to play. Uncharted Two which Rob has not gotten to yet on the Let's Plays on the Geek So To Speak YouTube channel, but he will soon. Yep. And he's going to see why Uncharted 2 has the greatest opening level of any video game in the history of video games. And that's <laughs> I'll tell you, if it, uh, it, it doesn't have to do much to be better than Uncharted 1. No! I'll tell you yeah. right now. Uncharted 2 is where the series becomes an all-time, as Jeff would say, banger. Banger, classic. Is, um, how funny is it that your favorite franchise in one game totally sucks no, when you no. go play it now? I just, I'm just saying it's my favorite franchise. <laughs> I just said part two is my favorite of all time. Uh-huh. Um, I'm very similar to Jeff. I very much like first-person shooters, but I would say my all-time favorite uh, game type is platforming action-adventure games. Um, something that I can get an immediate visceral... I would say just Mario in general. Like, the Mario archetype in mm -hmm. general is my favorite of all time. So anytime there's... Anytime a platformer, I'm always about that. But I like all game types. I think we all, you know love video games in general so if if there's a good racing game i'm gonna play it if there's a good simulation game i'm gonna play a good rpg there's elements of every game type that i like so um i'm into a lot of those type of anytime when i'm looking at game pass anytime i see it say action adventure i just immediately download it i don't look at anything else i just look at that genre type action adventure okay. that's my cup of tea i love it Excellent. And I'm, of course, Wonder Rob. I've said it like a hundred times already. Let me tell you one of my favorite games. I'm just going to pluck one right off the top of the dome. A little game called Bioshock. Anybody? Okay. Has anybody heard of this game? It's a little indie game. came out several years ago. Tell uh, us more. <laughs> well, would you kindly listen to me talk yeah. about this game? That game, man, I still remember, I guess spoilers for Bioshock, but it's been out for a million years, that would you kindly twist that it blew my mind when I played that game. And generally for me, story-driven single player campaigns are my favorite. Favorite, favorite. But I I don't discriminate. I'm an awful lot like Vactor in that way. And Jeff W too, for the most part. It's play pretty much any game as long as it seems interesting. Or even if it doesn't seem interesting, like <laughs> like pressure wash simulator <laughs> or uh, lawn mowing simulator, uh, but I just I just like video games, man. Like I've I've been into video games forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So I, I definitely don't discriminate. The only thing that doesn't really 
Float My Boat is like MMOs are massively multiplayer online games. I guess that's the same thing. And stuff like Call of Duty, like the 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 competitive multiplayer isn't really my speed as long as or let me rephrase if i'm playing with my friends it's fine but i've never ever ever had the urge to just hop in and do that on my own uh but i I like pretty much everything and then just give a a little backstory on me and vactor so me and vactor or vactor and i have been friends for several years i'm gonna say uh, at least over 15 years at this point it's tough to sounds about right but vactor and i Worked at Hollywood Video a million years ago. I was a manager at a Hollywood Video. And Factor came strolling in. Can I please have a job, sir? I'm hungry. I need food. I'll do anything. I Just give me money. And I took pity on him. And so I, <laughs> I invited him to work for Hollywood Video. And we became best of friends since... We worked at a game crazy together, played lots of video games, made lots of friends on Xbox Live, and uh, Jeff W. is friends with Vactor, as he mentioned, and I became with friends with Jeff W. through Vactor. So we're all intertwined. We're all game intertwined. Game crazy. It's crazy that you mention it. It's funny, like, they, they, those don't exist anymore. <laughs> right. And, like, I remember, I have, like, vivid memories of, like, you know, getting Halo 2. Literally. Vector talked about that in our Halo episode, where I was like, I have memories of getting that. Yeah. game at that store literally gamestop is the only one left like yeah. there's no other game stores that yeah you can just go to and we had eb games around there remember there was an eb games just like right across the street from where we were yeah right and people would get us confused all the time right i mean <laughs> try to get their discounts and stuff yeah but, man game crazy i still have dreams or maybe you call them nightmares about working there <laughs> every once in a while it'd be like all right you're back into it and I'd be like, I don't know the, the combo to the safe. How am I supposed to get the, How am I supposed to count the drawers? Well, you know, it's um, funny. Now that I've had a little more life experience, that job was not as hard as I thought it was when I was there. It wasn't as stressful as I thought it was. Like, I, I worked call centers after that job. And God. it was nothing. Like, I was surrounded by video games all day. I was talking about video games all day versus, all right. Hello, how can I help you? Give me my money! Uh, yeah. Sir, can I get your name, please? Like, that's the <laughs> first thing I'm getting when I'm answering the phone versus, uh, hey, how do I get past this level? Um, can I have the MVP membership? Like, those things are nothing compared to what I would later face. So I look back on those Hollywood video days and Game Crazy days with um, a lot of nostalgia because not only was the job not hard, and we got paid to do it. But we also had a lot of friends there. We made fun of a lot of people there. One of our best <laughs> moments, Rob, was playing Mario Kart in across the... like. So we, our Hollywood video and our Game Crazy were connected. And yeah. so you would just have to walk through the aisle to get to the other one. So we, we had our... Um, I, what was it? DSs? Yes. Yeah, it yeah. was... Nintendo DS is what we had. And we all played on Wi-Fi, all the, you know, the network connected, uh, and we all played Mario Kart, and we're supposed to be working, and we're like, oh, excuse hold on, sir, we just got to pass the Rainbow Road. Uh, So we're playing the game as the customers are coming in. Um, That was one of my favorite moments, working at Game Crazy. And I'm sure people stole stuff from us, (laughs) (laughs) because we were definitely looking at our DSs. Probably. And it was like that with Tiger Woods 04. 
I played mm-hmm. that a lot there, and we would play Halo Two a lot with the managers of the the Hollywood Video. They'd come over on their breaks, and we'd just pull up Halo and play. Guitar Hero <laughs> was another one. This kind of shows you this dates our you know our time. There is what games were out, and um, G Four was raging at the time. That was like. Xbox 360. Um, and Jeff W was raging because he was a little baby. Oh, <laughs> he was an angry little baby. Well, I was 12, 13. Yeah, that was uh-huh. that was some great times. And on future episodes of this show, I'd actually like to keep this um, going where we give a little bit of backstory because there's a ton of stuff that I want to talk about in my backstory of going to the arcades, playing. Um, you know, playing co-op for the first time. Um, there's a lot of stories that I want to share in future episodes. All right. Well, we'll we'll add it to the agenda. We're a growing podcast. The 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 agenda is fluid. We're figuring out our footing. And on that subject, we're changing up the episode agenda just a little bit. The last episode we talked about the games we were playing at the top and then did the video game news at the bottom. We're going to switch it up a little bit. So we're going to talk all the latest video game news and then we're going to hop into uh, our discussions of the games we've been playing. We'll catch up on Horizon Forbidden West, what everybody else has been playing as well, and then we're going to have a main discussion of Elden Ring at the end of the show. So stick around for that. Okay, who's ready to dive in to the video game news? Take it away, Factor. I saw this piece of news, and I thought, Jeff W., there's certain franchises that mm-hmm. stick out to me for Jeff W. Skate, Metal Gear Solid, Mm. Tony Hawk and Pokemon. So Pokemon mm. Scarlet and Violet are coming to the Switch later this year. Jeff, an open world adventure. And I remember actually that's another memory from Game Crazy, Rob. Whatever the yearly Pokemon game was, you know, mm-hmm. red and blue, diamond and silver, scarlet and sapphire, whatever. So this year, the new Pokemon games, Jeff, are Scarlet and Violet. And they streamed, yes. they live streamed an event, um, the Pokemon Company, teasing these titles, uh, which is, I guess, reminiscent of 2019's Pokemon Sword and Shield. But yeah. I don't know, because I don't play these Pokemon games, but Jeff does. Uh, so Jeff, yeah, what do you think about this? You know, those, the more traditional Pokemon games are a JRPG. We know Vector doesn't really know anything about Japan or any of the things they do over there. So <laughs> you know, it's a certain style of game, uh, Vector. But uh, yeah, you know, oh. I, I thought it was interesting that they did this because it it would be like I'm trying to think of a a good comparison uh, for it'd be like like Madden, call, yeah, kind of. I'm saying it's they changed the game up with uh, Arceus or Arceus uh, that the latest Pokemon yes, game where it's more about one. you know the 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 pacing of that game is for you to run out capture Pokemon uh, you battle but the battles are very quick they're not mm-hmm. super complex like I feel like it's if if I was gonna ever hand one to you guys to play. I would give mm-hmm. you that one, the latest, um, just because it's very it's it's simplistic, but it gives you the base idea of what those games are going for, and it's it's nothing where you're you're not like having to look up a ton of information and figure out what Pokemon types battle, which one's the best, all that stuff. Like it's pretty, uh, you know, you get spoon fed in that game, and it's all about collecting. Like you're just running around trying to find new Pokemon, um, which is. From everybody that I've talked to that plays these kind of games, we've all loved it. I love that game. I, I wish I had more time to play it. Uh, I try to play it as much as I can. But um, it's just interesting that they're doing it, you know, 
less than a year later, it seems like, or around a year later, they're going to release another game and it's going to go back to the old style, which is more story driven, uh, a little more complex. Uh, it's a little slower, which I don't like. Uh, you know, I like to in the new games, it's it's pretty quick. You're in and out of fights very fast. You know, there's you're often finishing things in like a handful of moves, you know, whereas the older ones, you get stuck in this kind of battle and you could be spending, you know, five, ten minutes on a single fight, uh, which uh-huh. is not, you know, the funnest thing to me. But uh, I am interested to see if they, you know, learn their lesson from this new game um, and, and apply it to Scarlet and Violet. And I think Scarlet and Violet are not remakes, which I know Sun and Sword were, uh, or I think they were based off of like a previous game, like the same area, you know, so largely borrowed. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, that they they learn their lesson with this one, change it up a little bit. Uh, I know it's uh, it's not going to make a ton of sense to you guys without knowing the ins and outs of those games. Um, I'm a Pokemon but... expert, Jeff. <laughs> uh, Is your Pokedex Squirtle- back there? Uh, it's po- my pokey dicks. His if he can't spread in a couple of pokey balls, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. This podcast <laughs> is explicit. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I think it's it's interesting. It'd be like Call of Duty making. You know, I guess they did kind of do this, right, Vector? They did release one without the story, the campaign. Yeah, it'd be right. like them releasing only a multiplayer, and then everyone like loving it or something like that, right? And then them being like, well, actually, we're gonna do it like we did before and add oh. all the stuff that like nobody really cares about. I know you guys and I know Vactor specifically, you play the Call of Duty single player campaign, but I haven't played one since Black Ops 2, since the 360. So it's kind of that kind of change up. Like they adjusted it and, you know, in my eyes made the game a little more modern, mm-hmm. uh, more simplified. And then now this they're feels going like back. a step back. Yeah, they're going you. back to this way, which I, you know, I'm all for open world Pokemon games on the Switch. Um, I just think it's a curious choice to do that. Yeah, that's interesting. The open well, wish... world makes me a little more inclined to want to play it mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, and man, if you guys are going to ever get into one, it's going to be Ar- Ar- Is it Arceus? Arceus? I don't even know how you say it. Um, that what is the one. one that what was Arceus. the one that came out before Arceus on the Switch? What was that one called? Oh, it was the, man. Uh, there were two of them. Yeah, was it? It, was, it wasn't Sun and Moon or. Was it Sword and Shield, I want to say? Sword and Shield, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shafa and I played that on the Geek So To Speak podcast uh, oh. way, way, way before the, the concept of a podcast network was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much played it only for the week that we okay. had set to review it. And it didn't really, it didn't pull me in where I wanted to play it past the review period. Yeah. But I could see why people like it. I mean, this is coming from a way outsider looking into the to the Pokemon snow globe here. But I mean, it's it's basically rock paper scissors, yeah. just with cute little animals. Yeah, um, basically, you're going just and, back and forth, choosing your moves, choosing yeah, your and it had that tiny little. It wasn't exactly open world, but it had that tiny little like free roaming area, mm-hmm. like hub area you could do, which I liked. But I hated walking through the cities. Yeah. I hated. Dialogue box after dialogue box after dialogue box. Like, oh, you're new. Let me tell mm-hmm. you every little thing about every little thing. Yeah. It just, I I was like, well, I want to get into the core of the game. Show me what, what people like about this. And yeah, so. And, and Arceus gets rid of, of some of the things you're talking about. Like, there's not as many, like, towns. There's one kind of hub town where you get missions and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads you to the different sections of the map. And it's just different environments. It's like open world. You're running through. You're like, oh, hey, I see this Pokemon I haven't seen yet. And then there's like also gigantic versions of them uh, and Arceus. So I think that's like why I think it would appeal to you more and more mm-hmm. more people in general. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like even myself as an adult, I'm like, you know, I don't know how I did it on the Game Boy. I mean, I probably had thousands of hours in that game. I played so much with me and my friends playing those games <laughs> and trading like, you know, I, I, it's just, yeah, it's a weird step, I think. Well, I'm sure we'll all play it for this podcast. Yeah. But I noticed that it's coming out at the end of the year. And that's usually like the big, big game time for Nintendo. Right. So it makes me curious about Breath of the Wild, too. Like, if there's, if this big Pokemon is going to be their big push, they'll as delay. opposed to, or if they're going to delay, gonna delay uh, Breath, Breath of the Wild. Of the Wild. I feel like they'll delay it again. Oh my I don't know. They they might not, but I feel like Nintendo is uh, not been great with that lately. <laughs> they need to what make that? a game so I can open my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> mm, yeah. See, that makes me want to play the demo, but they don't have a demo for Ar- Arceus. Arceus. Yeah. Yep. They do have a demo for the new Kirby game, which Jeff and I got a chance to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, mm-hmm. but no demo for this. So... Come on, Nintendo. Give us a five-minute demo. That's all I need. Five minutes. Yeah. And, five uh, minutes. Should we talk about the Kirby game right now? Or yeah, should we move so on to the next? Let's talk about it right now since you, since you brought yeah. it up. Yeah. So what do you Kirby think, Victor? More Kirby. game talk at, at the end. But. <laughs> Kirby in the Forgotten Land does not come out until the end of this month. So you're getting a sneak peek. And they used to do this on Xbox Live all the time. You'd get little demos mm-hmm. of every game, and you could try it out, see if you liked it. And I love that. Because I didn't have to go rent the game from Hollywood Video. I could just play the demo. If I like it, I'll buy it. If I don't like it, I, I won't. And now you rarely get that. So when I saw this out, I was like, oh, let me go get this demo real quick. And I was pleasantly surprised. I think I am going to end up buying this one. Because it's. I've never been a huge Kirby fan. But I've always been interested in that mechanic. Um, it sucks as it cuts. Sucking <laughs> it up and blowing it out. I always like that in uh, Kirby games, but I've never been just a huge, you know, fanatic of Kirby. This to me felt like what a modern Kirby would be. I was like, mm-hmm. this is like a 3D um, action adventure type of game that I would. This is how I would want to play a Kirby game. Um, so it's not like a 2D side scrolling or anything. Mm-hmm. I think this one is going to be a fun time, Jeff. I didn't play too much of it. I just played yeah. maybe five, ten minutes of it. Yeah. But it was enough yeah. for me to say, yeah, this is, mm-hmm. I'll buy this. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was decent. You know, it's very simplistic. I'd yeah. say, you know, it, and what it kind of does is it really makes you just want another Mario. It makes me want oh, Odyssey, right. the next, right. you know, Odyssey 2 if they do right. that or whatever they're looking yes. at. Yes. Um, Which Jeff and I were huge fans of Odyssey. Rob, yeah. you were too. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I, I yeah. blew through Odyssey like, I said, yeah. man, I, that was right when, right around the time when I was first starting to date my wife at that mm-hmm. time. And I'd be like, well, do I want my girlfriend or do I want Mario? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to make some tough decisions that she wasn't happy about. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> this Kirby game actually has, you and your wife could play two-player co-op mode, Rob. Oh, I don't yeah. know how that works with the Switch. Um, well, I oh. guess you could you could be on the same... Like if you dock it, you could both be Give playing. Give a one Joy-Con or something like that. Yeah. Man. How would you um, describe the levels? Like, is it more like 
odyssey where it's just like not open world exactly but like these little free roaming arenas i guess yeah is kind of, i would say toned down a yeah lot it's not as what, it's, it's not expensive. like you're not running around like you know you are like new york and odyssey, you're not right? on like, rails but you're not like yeah. it's not an open world it's like yeah. in the middle yeah it's still contained i would say okay. yeah um, in that. all right and you know yeah like i said it's fun you know you do the kirby you can you know you get the abilities kirby swallows a car in the first two minutes of the demo, you know, that you get to run around as the you car. Become the car. And stuff, yeah. you become the car. And that's like the new meme, right? If you see the meme of, of Kirby on Twitter, he's, they have him on all everything, you know, the giant Kirby swallowing everything. Um, oh, which is kind yeah. of always a meme, but, you know, the car specifically one. Yeah, looks you're going funny. to different places, Jeff. I haven't seen um, it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't have Rule 34 bookmarked. Nah, don't nah, Google that. Nah, nah, um, we, I don't know what you're talking about, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't teach, do that. Teach Vector <laughs> the internet. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, like like I said, I think it I think it's pretty cool. I don't think yeah. I'm gonna buy it, um, just because I have so much other stuff to play. But well, this one, um, it for me, I want I want Mario. Yeah, yeah, it fits in that category for me. Like this is, I don't know if it's like worth sixty dollars. Like this is something I probably maybe wait for it on sale. Like forty or thirty dollars mm-hmm. would be perfect sweet spot. This would be one that I would take with me to the dentist's office, just play it while I have yeah. a couple of minutes. Um, that's the type of game this is. If mm-hmm. It fits right in with my schedule. Right now, I'm kind of juggling my one-year-old son and, and also five podcasts, yeah. and this fits right in there. I was going to say another thing, too. It, it is Mario, I think, takes a little bit of like uh, you know puzzle solving. You have like an extra couple layers on that stuff. In the mm-hmm. demo, I felt like it was kind of a button masher. So it's like if your guys' boys were older and were playing these games, like it's like the co-op aspect. I feel like it'd be a good game for that because one person could kind of just button smash. They're not looking for, you know, a ton of like, you know, puzzle solving here. Uh, and I think, it, you know, if, like I said, if you guys were playing it with your kids or something like that, it'd be like a perfect game, I think. Yeah. So that well, was. I might get it. I might get it if if we decide to have a conversation about it on the show after it comes out. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll still be playing Elden Ring at that uh, time. It, this is yeah. two weeks. I've got something to say about that, but I'll save that for the Elden Ring talk <laughs> later. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what else is going on? Let's get back to the the video game news, boys. Speaking of Elden Ring, Elden Ring's creator or character creator is mm-hmm. failing black people. Rob, how um, so? This is something that um, The Verge reported on. So you can do basically anything with the character creator except have a black hairstyle, Rob. So (laughs) I'm not too far into the character creation. I like to just randomly pick my guy and go. Mm -hmm. But Rob saw somebody created Kanye West on here, which was that was like a deep fake, though, right? I don't know if it is or not, but um, it's still... <laughs> it was really good if that was a deep fake. I mean, it, it, so maybe it was. I made but... a deep fake of myself on oh, the character okay. creator, and it showed it to Shaf, and he... Shaf, my co-host of Geek So To Speak podcast, and he was like, no way, that's not you. That's <laughs> he he fell for it. Mm-hmm. He fell for it like he always mm-hmm. does. <laughs> <laughs> but this we is, love you, Shaf. This is not, you know, anything new to a lot of these uh, character creators. They don't they have a lot of extensive straight hairstyles, but mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of curly hairstyles. And that's sure. the more African-American um, style. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they've been getting better as these character creators and, and games have been coming out. They've been giving us a lot more options. But people are not too happy 
about yeah. the the black people on here. Look, they basically look like white people in blackface. Yeah, so you often get like it's like a black character and he has like a straight haired mustache or something like that. Like and it just looks weird, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, is kind of interesting because I remember on NBA two K a couple years ago creating mm-hmm. myself and basically I just I scanned my face. Oh yeah, that's right. Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Why does I thought all games were just going to do that from now on? We just scan our faces. They did that with a, the 360, right? With the camera on one of those games, like a golf game, right? Tiger they Woods. Scan your face? Tiger yeah. Woods, you could yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. They did it there yeah. too, yeah. So I thought they would be doing that um, on everything, but apparently not. And this is just, it seems like a problem from a while ago. And Mass Effect, I think, had the same problem. Um, but with with things like, I know... Rob's game of the year, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh yeah. They had a ton of of character creation tools um and it seemed like it was getting better and this is just interesting that it just seems like it's a game in 2022 but we're talking about black hairstyles. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of interesting. And I just remembered when you're talking about scanning your faces, you could also do it for Rainbow 6. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. And I remember way, way back in the day when X-Play was on, they had a contest. They said, send us your craziest Rainbow Six faces Mm -hmm. and we'll put them on. And so I made one and I got on X-Play. And they they asked me to play online with them so they could record footage of my guy. And it was just me and some person from X-Play. and I was like, "Where's Morgan Webb? She, she's she's watching. Don't worry. He's probably lying to me. She's behind me. Don't worry. She's watching." And I got on X play with that. I totally forgot. Dang. Yeah. Where's you know if they do if they did integrate that more into games, I'm I'm just waiting for the guy that pulls up and it's just a butt on the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Vector. I think that's an interesting thing. How. You know, if you look back at those games, like because usually, like especially hairstyles are just default for what they can develop. There's not any kind of random randomization there. You know, they can't just pick a random skin color. You know, uh, they have to actually create that. Um, and you know, and not being represented in that space is uh, something that I just never. You know, I never think about until you know you see something like this. Yeah, and it's not just a Elden Ring problem. Elden Ring is just the latest, you know, high profile game. It's, with a good, it's a video yeah, game character problem. generator or whatever yeah. maker. Because, you know, even when I'm trying to create myself on a lot of the games or my wife, a lot of times when I have a female character, I try to make it look like my wife. Mm-hmm. And the options just aren't very robust. And I just do whatever, like, I'll just do a random character. But it just seems like in 2022, we would already, we would have just had those things already. I wonder what that, you know, what is... Does it take longer for you know them to add all these assets, and that's what it is? And they they prioritize doing straight hair first, or you know I I don't know what it is. I'd like to see a, a creation documentary about that and see what yeah. what goes into that. Like, what is the first steps when they're making a creation tool? Like, do those assets already exist, and so they're pulling mm-hmm. from previous ones, or? So, yeah, what is it? That's, yeah, that's and something. I think it's I think it's like a default thing for you know the industry for the longest time. And you know, in the article, they made a great point of you know there's a black character in Horizon who looks great, like he looks like natural. There's nothing like 
you know, it doesn't look like they did anything weird with the hair. And it's like, okay, now when can we get that guy? You know, when can you create his character and, you know, these open world RPG games that give you that, that kind of option? Yeah. But see, that guy, he's they're professionally scanning his face, like yeah, 360 yeah. scan of the actor itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be interested to see what happens in the future on that. Uh, Jeff and Rob. Yes. We're both big Game Pass. We're all big Game Pass players. Oh, for yes. sure. Subscribers yes. and players. And I'll be talking about in um, a little bit later what I've been playing from Game Pass. But PlayStation has been lacking in the Game Pass department. That's what they've true. Had, the PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and PlayStation Now, has anybody, because that's the streaming service, right? For the game? Yes, yes. Has anybody here played those? Yeah, I've never actually tried. When it first that. came out, yeah, like I don't and even not, know if that's any good. You not know recently. I mean? When I I've when I first came out, it. it was okay. It was like laggy a little bit, just kind of like a lot of stuff is now with the cloud gaming. I haven't yeah. played anything recently. Yeah, and just to touch on that too, not only is it is it that it's also a lazy attempt at, at backwards compatibility. I mean, to be honest, you know, like they xbox did it you know phil spencer came out and you know had to make a move did the backwards compatibility and playstation's like well you can stream our old ones and it's like well it's not quite the same you know playstation nobody cares okay yeah. PlayStation. <laughs> yeah but playstation is finally trying to get on board with the game pass you know it took them long enough um, right now it's codenamed spartacus and mm-hmm. their tiers it looks like are going to be around 16 a month is what they're reporting on um venture beat has a story i'll link it in the show notes but um what do you guys think about a playstation tier from ten dollars thirteen dollars and sixteen dollars depending on what you get yeah and are they are they mentioning what the tiers are what the, what is the rumor behind yeah. the tiers? are you looking so at the ten dollar one is called essential mm-hmm. and that's monthly games so that's probably mm-hmm. also so, so pretty much Sony, what Sony doing. games too, right? It does. It probably doesn't expand beyond Sony games. I bet too, right? Yeah, Maybe. it looks like um, Bloomberg is, is reporting this. I'm not sure 100 percent on what the the library is, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. Sony stuff. Um, the the middle tier is 13. dollars It's called PlayStation Plus Extra. Mm-hmm. You get the monthly games plus catalog games. The, mm-hmm. the highest tier is 16. dollars uh, PlayStation Plus Premium. You get monthly games, a game catalog, streaming games, classic games, and game trials. So that's the one we want. That's the, okay. the tier that we want. So but, they're putting now into this, maybe mm-hmm. it sounds like. Yeah, that looks like be, they're trying to combine them. Yeah, that might be le- legit. I just, if they're, if they're doing uh, monthly games, I don't know, what what does PlayStation Plus cost per month right now? Do we do we know off the top of our head? I usually just buy like a year. I think it's nine ninety nine a month. I think. Is it only ten? Okay, so they, if they keep that around the same price, I'm like, all right, cool. You get the monthly game yeah. still. Yeah, nine ninety nine a month. Um, I think it depends on obviously what what games we're gonna get there. Um, and for me, where they go, uh, beyond their own catalog, because Microsoft ate up a ton of games, you know, for like that third party uh-huh. kind of vendor. I'm assuming Ubisoft is gonna be. Uh, something that they are going to want on this uh, on this pass, you know, just the amount of so they can fill this thing up. I mean, and That's even then, be- you know, Xbox has their deals with them. They have deals with EA. I mean, it is going to be tough to me. I think to have a, a comparable service, to be honest. Yeah, I I don't know that the back catalog is really attractive enough for me to want that service because 
what was it like the the PlayStation Five Ambassador program, I think, or something similar to that, where they the people mm-hmm. who bought a PlayStation Five at the top had a big back catalog of games that they could play. Yeah, it would really only be interesting to me if they did day and date first party stuff like yes. Xbox yeah. does. But that I don't think killer thing about games do it. Yeah, I just don't see Sony doing that. Like, I don't think they really believe in that business model. Yeah. Um, so I would maybe have to see the games that are offered. But off the top of my head, like, I'm not dying to be like, put Crash Bandicoot on there. I want to play Crash Bandicoot 2, please. Thanks. Right. Like, their back catalog of games. So I would just have to wait and see. But right now, it's not, it's definitely not attractive to me like the, the Game Pass is. And I think of things like, too, like where I'm like, okay, I play for Game Pass every month, obviously for the stuff they put on there. But then also like, hey, I just want to be able to play Halo, any of the Halo games whenever I want. I can always do that. You know, I'm thinking of games that like keep me there just even despite the new stuff. Uh-huh. You know, and that's like enough for me where I'm like, okay, I can play these certain amount of games, these first party Microsoft games uh, without, you know, any extra charge is 15 a month or whatever it is. Right. Um, and I can do it on PC. I could do it on the Xbox. Whereas if, yeah, if they're not doing this with with PlayStation, like if I can't just go immediately play either Last of Us, you know, any other big franchises, then I think they're they're kind of missing the point if they don't include that. And I think there is it does say game catalog. I would assume that's what they mean, but I just don't I don't know if that's what they're going to actually do, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that is that is right. Rob Rob's point is I think that is like crucial to that experience like if you do not have all the first party stuff ready to go immediately available when you buy into that then it's it's kind of a joke uh, of an attempt in my my opinion yeah yeah but microsoft like they're the the forefront the leaders in this field it's like everybody's going to be copying game pass we've already seen um there's a story that valve is more than happy to to help microsoft bring pc game pass to steam mm-hmm. and so kind of integrate those two together so I think, you know, it's crazy how far ahead Microsoft is going to be on this because Game Pass is what we want. Like Rob said, day and date, big titles, day one. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why we subscribe. Number, that's one of the reasons why we subscribe to Game Pass, but also the, just the, the amount of games that we can get is, you know, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet versus paying $60 for every game. And then, um, you know, maybe ending up like Shoff and not enjoying every game for $60, <laughs> then yeah. you're out $60 or or yeah. more versus Game Pass. It's like you're just paying this monthly fee. You're going to get some good ones. You're going to get some bad ones. But mm-hmm. overall, I think it's just the best deal in gaming right now for sure. Yeah, period. And I think uh, since you mentioned it, you know, I guess we can talk about that story too, that, you know, Valve is, you know, more than happy to work with Microsoft on bringing that to PC, which I think... You think about it in your head, you're like, okay, who cares? Because they have the Xbox app, right? Like, it's already on mm-hmm. PC in a way. But I think if you look at, like, the core audience, like, the core PC crowd that was, you know, that has been there since prior, you know, prior to all this when Steam was, like, the only launcher, really, you know, like, yeah. or at least the most prominent by far. Um, like, I would love to be able to, like, hey, man, I have Game Pass on Steam. I can use the Steam servers that actually download quick for me. It's in my library on Steam. I can take all of that stuff i have in xbox the xbox app and just use it through steam which simplifies it for me and i think microsoft is like if i had to guess i think they're more than willing to do something like that you know phil spencer seems to be on the offensive and trying to get that brand back to 
where it was for the 360 oh, yeah. era, you know, and I think it's something they could do. And that's, you know, th- to me, that's like, if I'm, micro- if I'm Microsoft and they announce this, I just, you know, I market that more of like, all right, now, well, okay, you have that, but we also do PC stuff, you know, and PlayStation's doing a tiny bit, you know, a few games have come out, but, you know, we still don't have Last of Us on PC, you know, we still don't have some of the major franchises there, you know, they put God of War and, uh, and Horizons there. I think, uh, what was the other one? Days Gone, right? Mm-hmm. It's on PC, I think, too. Um, you know, some stuff is there, but I mean, it's, they have a lot of catching up to do, and I don't know if Sony's ready ready to it take that step, you know? So, I mean, it's going to be, even with just the announcements of this stuff, I mean, there's like several things they have to do, you know, to get to that point. I really like the idea of it being on Steam. I have not had the urge whatsoever to try Game Pass on my PC, and mainly mm-hmm. just because I didn't want to go through the trouble of downloading a, a new launcher and dealing with all that stuff. But the familiarity of Steam, I mean, is great. And I, yeah, that's pretty much what I use you, when it's yeah, you, PC gaming time. Yeah, and if you can connect your account, you know, you get your achievements in there. You get, you know what I mean? Like that to me, it, it, it sounds like a weird idea at first. But I think they I think Microsoft, especially now, you know, but trying to be make bold moves, I think would would be willing to do something like that. Oh, yeah. They want Game Pass everywhere and anywhere. If they could get Game Pass on the Switch and the PlayStation 5, you know, they would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever they could. So I I don't see I wouldn't imagine that it's going to be some sort of problem to get Game Pass on Steam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Steam. Rob. Yes. Where's your Steam Deck pre-order? That's a really good question. I wish I had an answer for you. I put in the the pre-order the day it was launched, uh, a little over a year ago, or maybe close to a year ago at this point. I don't, maybe, ah, who cares? Anyway, it's been a long time. Uh, I put down for the, the, I forget the gig, but the, the high model, essentially. Yeah, the big boy, there's yeah. three. Yeah. Because it comes with the gaming case, the screen protector, bigger storage and stuff. I was like, who cares? Like, if I'm going to go ahead and invest all this money into a new console, I might as well get the one with the features that I want. Mm-hmm. So that's why I pre-ordered that one. But I the, I won't get into it too much, but if I'm sure Jeff knows the pre-order day debacle. It, mm-hmm. the, the site was crashing, could not get that pre-order in. And by the time I actually got my pre-order in, I was out of the first wave and into the second. Yeah, wave uh-huh. of pre-orders. Yeah, you're not uh, going to get yours delivered by Gabe Newell. Nope, he's not walking to my house and handing yeah. it to me. Uh, <laughs> Gabe, hi, Gabe. I'd be I'd be a mess if I saw Gabe. And anyway, uh, so to answer your question, I don't know where my pre-order is at Trent or Vactor or Justin, whatever you're going by on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but I do keep checking my email. Although I heard some people, I heard rumors that some people's pre-orders are getting like lost into the internet also and are not getting their emails. So I don't really know. Oh, man. Yeah. And you have to put down like the $5 fee to, to put in your deposit and then you're supposed to get the link. What they, I think it was like 72 hours they would give you to order yes. once yeah. they send it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put right. down for the middle tier just in case. I don't know if I'm really interested in it, but I was like, hey, let me get there reservation and just in case if the timing lines up i'll just buy this thing mm-hmm. um and yeah i haven't gotten anything mine was you know obviously way later than release day but um yeah i 
I don't know how they, uh, I don't even know if they can keep up, <laughs> depending on the, uh, you know, I don't know if Valve has produced hardware like this, really. They had their Steam Link and stuff before, but yeah, the this controller. is a direct, direct console competitor. Um, yeah. So they're so going to be doing these weekly drops, basically, starting Monday, March mm -hmm. 7th, and then each Monday through the month, through the month of June. So when Rob gets his, we will definitely report back on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, but I guess the Steam Deck dock is not going to be available at launch. Mm -hmm. And even the Steam Deck's not available at launch, Rob. We don't, we don't have that. <laughs> so. I don't need the... I mean, I've got a PC. I know not everybody has a gaming PC or a PC capable of gaming. But I, I can't imagine myself putting that, the Steam Deck on a dock. Like, I'm pretty much getting it exclusively for handheld mobile gaming. Like, that's what I want it for. Right. So. Well, that's kind of how the I looked at the uh, the Switch, which the Switch just turned five years old, by the way, this week. Yep. Um, wow. But I also do get some joy out of docking it because I like the Pro Controller. I like you know playing more than with the Joy Cons. Sure. But then, on top of that, I've also found a way around that because I have these new Joy Cons that make it feel like a Pro Controller in my hand. Mm-hmm. And so um, now I've been playing a lot more mobile Switch. Before I was only docking it, but now I've, I've been using it a lot more mobile. So I'm interested in the Steam Deck um, because I'm, I'd like to see how that works. And an interesting story, Jeff, you were telling me that Valve is working on optimizing Elden Ring for the Steam Deck. How does yes. that work? Oh. So the PC release of, of Elden Ring, um, there's a uh, Digital Foundry, I think, who's the most trusted like performance mm -hmm. review, you know, uh, people out there. Basically, you know, anytime yeah. a game comes out, I'm looking at them to see just, you know, what the consoles are putting out and what what the PC ports look like. And uh, they reported some pretty bad news on Elden Ring, you know, saying it's you know it's dropping frames unnecessarily, and they were you know they're pointing out some weird issues. Um, and you know, obviously. Everyone's aware of it, and they're trying to fix it. Um, but I thought it was interesting that Valve is trying to optimize it for essentially their console. So they're putting out an update that will optimize the game uh, without from software's you know input. It's Ooh. an update to their device to try to make this thing run better uh, only on the Steam Deck. So it's not like something. And I'm sure there's some you know ways to hack around this. I'm sure maybe they'll do something to make it run better on PC as well. But yeah. I find it interesting that they are able to be so proactive in that you know who when would when would microsoft claim you know hey um madden sucks this year the performance is trash but we're going to put out an update on our own for the xbox that will make this thing run better for you you know that you don't see that happen uh very often or at least publicized you know but steam is out there valve is out there you know letting people know like hey we are we are optimizing this to run on well on our device and I think as of now, if you have that update, it technically runs a little smoother on that Steam Deck uh, than it does on a PC at times. Uh, so I've I thought never it was heard that. Yeah, that's yeah. An interesting concept. I never heard of a a company optimizing like that specifically without the original creators. Yeah, they're trying to make that money, Vector. And it's and it's interesting too because. Uh, just for a little history. So when Dark Souls launched on the mm -hmm. PC way, way back in the day, it was unplayable because, you know, on PC, you're looking for 60 FPS. You're looking for mm -hmm. all this stuff. But what they found in the original Dark Souls release 
is it, it was tied to frame rate. So when you would mm-hmm. turn your frame rate up to 60 or unlock the frame rate through a couple hacks, mm-hmm. it would break the game. Like literally, you just could not play it. And there was a there's a fan release and it's you know, you can Google this. It was, it's big. It's like if you ever play the original Dark Souls on PC, there's a thing called DS fix uh-huh. that basically fixes that game. Um, so it's funny that that lineage, you know, Valve is now coming in and doing their own fix to a from software game that is just not running perfectly on PC. Um, and that's like the additional, uh, you know, interest to me in that story that they're, you know, doing what, you know, essentially a fan community did like 10 years ago or however long, uh, 15 years ago, whenever that first game came out. Oh man, I, I, I'll, I'll save it for the Elden Ring discussion, but that had a lot to do with my choice on which which platform I was going to play yeah. Elden Ring on. I was going back and forth between all the options. I can't decide <laughs> to play. Yeah. And yeah, ultimately, I ended up not picking PC pretty much for everything Jeff said. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> all right. So our last bit of news that I wanted to talk about is actually some mm-hmm. world news. Something that's going on currently as we record this podcast is some, some trouble over in the Russia area of the world mm-hmm. and video game publishers are responding. Um, we already saw Apple, if anybody's following yes. a lot of tech stuff, Apple yes. kind of cut off Russia. Um, and now CD Projekt Red mm-hmm. and EA are both halting sales of their games in Russia and Belarus. EA is also removing Russian teams from FIFA and NHL games. Um, really? Yeah, this seems that is... to be like a pretty big uh, statement on, on who they're siding with. But I wonder, maybe these are just the first dominoes to tip mm-hmm. over, like who's going to be next to do and, that? You know, it was funny when you talk about the Apple Pay. So just, I guess this is a little bit away from video games. Their, their train system there. Like, so when I went to Chicago, you can just, you go through the train system, the subway system, you just boop your phone right on the thing. You just walk through. It's all through Apple Pay, which is perfect. Uh, they shut that down in Russia for their trains. So people had to pay in cash to get onto their train that morning, you know, like imagine you're, you're trying to get to your stuff. Yeah. Like what a disruption, you know, right. to everyone's life that's trying to, to ride these trains. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think this is another thing I saw McDonald's is being pressured into shutting down there. I saw mm. Ikea is, is shutting down there. They're not, you know, supporting it. Um, and I think it's appropriate to be honest. Uh, I don't, you know, want to get into like political dues here, but you know, get I mean, into it, Jeff, get into it. Yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's the right thing yeah. to do. It's the right thing to do. And it does seem a little petty, like, Hey, we're removing teams and like players and especially, uh, FIFA or, uh, yeah, FIFA and NHL NHL is massive over there. Right. Or at least hockey, I should say in general. Mm-hmm. And there's like major players that are in the NHL that are Russian. Um, I don't know if they're removing those players specifically, but, um, you know, I, I, it's it's an interesting thing, you know, to to do when considering that's a, a massive fan base for that that sport. Yeah, this is going to be this the final straw on Putin's back. Fine, yeah. Yeah. NHL, put, yeah. put, put <laughs> back in FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was it for the news this week. Oh, we did it, boys. We did it. Excellent work there, Vactor. Excellent work. Okay, so we're going to switch gears now, and we're going to get into the games that we're playing this week. And first up on the agenda, let's follow up on Horizon Forbidden West, you guys. Yeah. How, how far are we all in that? I, I can't remember what you got, where you guys were at. 
So yeah. I'm exactly where I left off <laughs> last <laughs> podcast because Elden Ring came out and I focused all my attention there. But the last thing I was doing there was I had left the the village. Uh, as minor spoilers, I suppose, everybody, for Horizon Forbidden West. We'll try not to get too deep into it for anybody who's still playing it. Um, but the uh, Chain Scrape, I think, is the town that you enter and immediately upon leaving you get put into a big battle and then from there you find a or at least i found an old settlement where i'm pushing a giant robot's balls around mm, mm. that's where i'm at and that's where i left off uh last time so I, I don't have much to add to the horizon forbidden west conversation but that's where i'm at and uh so i actually started it this week and, and got through the intro you you destroy the trouser snakes Yep. At the end of the intro. <laughs> you push a thing spaceship on him. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you push a spaceship on him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, th- there's a couple of interesting things. And I guess this plays with Elden Ring. Uh, we talked about the Elden Ring. Remember the Elden Ring curse? I think you sent me an article. Their first game, or I mean, not Elden Ring, uh, Horizon, the Horizon curse. The first game coming out when Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild came out. And now they release this game. And it just so happens to be, you know, whatever, a week with the same week or within a week of, you know, from software is like, essentially their biggest game of all time now yeah. um, by the looks of it. Uh, just funny that they're cursed. And every time one of those games comes out, there's a, you know, equally or more massive, you know, similar game. Um, <laughs> I did think it was interesting when they, in this, um, so it's for me, having, having played the first one, it feels like more of the same. Uh, they're doing more like those Vipers uh, and, you know, the, uh, the additional characters are different. There's that, um, well, not characters, but uh, monsters or enemies, whatever. There's a one that burrows underground and shoots up. I don't recall that being in the first game. Um, so they've added some to this, but so far it feels very similar to me to the first one, um, which is which is fine. Uh, it just feels like more of the same. Uh, that game too. Um, I think Rob. I think you were dying a lot to those character to the to the animals or whatever, right? In the beginning, in particular, of that game. the bristlebacks. I think the ram looking yeah. things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's funny going through that tutorial again because I remember. Most of that game, I was doing stealth mode in the first one. Like, it's like they don't really come out and tell you that, like, hey, this is how you should handle 95% of these boss fights, you know, except for ones that you can't do that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was interesting to me thinking about your experience. And then I'm like, oh, you know, almost everything in this tutorial, they don't say be stealthy. You know, they kind of hint towards it. But you can take it kind of any way you want. When in reality, I think when you're in the open world, you ha- it's like it's almost essential to me to play it like that. Um, and it's not super obvious, uh, which is kind oh, of frustrating. Sure. I think yeah, there's I've run into plenty of situations where I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I yeah. need to try to take out these people one by one because I cannot fight them all at once. Yeah. And then we're going through like I'm, I'm hitting triangle and trying to switch things like Elden Ring, but it's not happening. Yeah. And I'm, I'm getting flustered trying to do that stuff. Um, I thought that was interesting. And I think in relation to, you know, we're going to talk about Elden Ring soon, but um, it's interesting that in this game, they gave you that option of, hey, you know, do you want more guidance in this game or do you want less guidance? You know, will we give you an arrow on the map or do you not want an arrow on the map, essentially? Uh, and I went without the arrow because I think that seemed to be the default option on it. Uh, so I'm going to go with the default of whatever they want me to pick. Um, but I thought that was uh, an interesting difference in the first game where it was very much, you know, it's an open world game, but it's very guided. You know, you very much have to like, all right, these this is the next main plot line. Everything else is kind of, you know, side stuff that doesn't really affect a lot. 
Um, and you know, you're, but you're still guided. Whereas this one might be, uh, maybe a little more open world and a less, uh, less forgiving than the first one. Sure. Um, factor, how far did you get? Did you get through the intro or? Yeah, I was trying to look at my play time, but I couldn't find it online and mm. I don't want to turn on my PlayStation. Let's so get one say hour. I'm two hours in. Two hours in. Um, okay. I've gone to a couple and cities I- and I've talked to a bunch of people, but I have not been keeping up with the storyline. So I have no idea where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I have, I'm like you. I've, I've, it just seems like more of the same. So I've been enjoying it and I want to finish it. I want to uh, complete the campaign, but I'm hearing it's like 40 hours worth. So. Yeah. I don't think and I'm anywhere close to beating it. There's many uh, videos. If you, I think if you search YouTube for Horizon Zero Dawn ending or whatever. Oh, right, right. Or not about Forbidden West, sorry. Um, a lot of disappointed fans or a lot of disappointed videos. So I'm looking at this like, hey, I like this uh, so far. Uh, how deep am I going to go, especially with this you know, massive beast that is Elden Ring, you know, kind of sitting in the trenches waiting, you know, to be played too. Um, and my approach is I want to beat it so I can go to Elden Ring yeah. and I bought it physical so I can sell it when I'm done with it. Um, so I think that's what's going to be my plan. My plan. I, of think, attack. I think my biggest compliment for the game is I do think it is, it feels, it has the, like the natural control feel to me. Like I, I feel like I sit down with the game and like things feel natural. Like they're like, Hey, you know, here's shooting, here's this, you know, whereas like some of the other games, like where were we playing like Dying Light 2, where like the jump button is R2. Rob, I think you mentioned that. And, yeah, and it's, it's like, most unintuitive it, placement yeah. for the jump button. It just doesn't feel natural. We're probably all used to like X or whatever yeah. on the on the on the uh, on the game pad. And that and, is, bar, you know, I, I do want to say that is a control type that some people like in Halo. It's called bumper jumpers where mm-hmm. you jump with the, the right in the left bumper so mm-hmm. some people like that but i'm not i'm just not used to that style yeah. and some people we call psychopath serial killers you know? <laughs> pro gamers yeah. the get good gamers yeah we'll and they them. like bumper jumper um but I, yeah i think it's i think this is like a fine game i think this is gonna get eaten alive by elden ring though i mean like i think it already have, is yeah i think it's it's kind of it kind of sucks for them. i mean even shoff didn't know what console that thing was coming out on you know <laughs> and i think shoff. You know, I, I have even my, my roommate who, you know, like is, you know, into his games, like had heard Elden Ring. But he's like, he's probably heard of Horizon, but doesn't really care, you know, because it's stuck on PlayStation. And it's like, all right, I could play this other game on my PC. So Elden Ring also has that going for it in that, like, everyone's playing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good. I think it's fine. I, I do like this game, but um, it sucks. They're cursed. They had two better open world games come out on both of their games. Uh and just uh, dunk on it, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I was enjoying playing it, and I'll definitely have to try to make a point to go back to it. I tend to, hop, like, I get t- distracted by shiny objects. The yeah. shiny new game lately. You, you know, uh, it, too, it, it is also like what I call like a podcast game. I was listening to you and Shaf talk while I was playing, because I just stopped caring about the story at a certain point. I'm just kind of going through the motions of like uh-huh. trying to figure out the puzzle of animals. So my recollection of it is you guys discussing Weird Al while I'm <laughs> trying to stealthily yeah. sneak up on, on all these different uh, animals. So that might be where it gets value for me is a game that I can play, but not have to focus on like what is literally happening on happening on screen, like, or I'm going to die. You know, it's a little more forgiving. 
shout out to geeks, so to speak, in our Weird Al conversations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the problem, Rob, with having that shiny object, object syndrome and having Game Pass is there's so much shiny objects in front of you now. It's yeah. not just the big releases, you know, like we were used to before. Now we've got these indie titles. We've got games from the past that are being put on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads into what I've been playing this week. Um, I'm one of those guys that also gets distracted by shiny objects and anything that's free. So Epic every week has multiple games that they just put out on the Epic Store. I just download every everyone that's free. And I used to do that all the time with the games with gold mm-hmm. on Xbox. No matter what it was, for years, I would just download whatever the free title was. Game Pass now has me going through, and like I was telling you earlier, anything that says action adventure, I'm just downloading it. So not only that, but PlayStation has that as well. And Amazon game through Prime, there's a bunch of games that you get for free. So all these places, I'm getting free games, but then I'm just not having time to play them. So this week, I actually had a chance to play about 15 minutes of every game. And mm-hmm. I, I really like a lot of these titles. I just want to quickly mention them. Okay. Pine, um, on, this is on Epic. Spellbreak on Epic. Deponia on Epic. And Sheltered. All of those games are fun little quick jaunts. Um, unfortunately... With Deponia and Sheltered, they're point-and-click adventures, and those are fun as well, but I was just in the mood to play with a controller, and it wasn't, you know, number one, point-and-clicks with a controller are not as fun, but these ones just didn't even allow you to use your controller. So Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, these art styles look good, but next, next, I'm deleting these, uninstalling. Um, There's two on Game Pass that I wanted to to talk about, Far far Changing Tides, Mm -hmm. which very much reminded me of um, Jeff, the the black and white indie title um, that we loved. I could oh, see inside. the inside. Yeah, inside. Yes, it very much reminds me of that, but not as polished as inside. Okay. So it's like it's worth playing it for a little bit. It's a side puzzle scroll? game. Yeah, side it's scroll? a side scroll. It's exactly like yeah. inside. It's oh, like okay. a puzzle. Yeah. You have to figure out how to push the ladder up and touch the button and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just not as polished as inside. Inside. You knew it was five out of five when you when you first played it. This one, it's yeah. like they could have used a little bit more polish on this <laughs> one. So I was playing that, and then Infernax or Infernax on Game Pass. I played that a little bit, and it's very retro, um, like '80s platformer with puzzle elements, and that was a lot of fun. So I have I switch back and forth between the retro eight bit, sixteen bit. Mm-hmm. graphics and i'm i'm kind of a sucker for those games too and i'm going to be talking more about those in the in the coming weeks on this oh, podcast. this looks like castlevania yes right. it's yeah, very okay. much like castlevania yeah so and uh vampire survivors is another game which i highly recommend if you haven't had a chance to play it number one you can play it for free in your browser um just google vampire survivors but it's like 2.99 on steam so you know it's three dollars but that one is is a really fun retro graphic game. Um, I'm gonna. These are the perfect type of games for Switch. Are those um, like Hollow Knight or um, Shovel Knight? All of those mm-hmm. are really good for um, for the Switch. So that one I highly recommend. And then Dying Light Two. I finally got to the co-op part. So 
Finally. I, I surpassed the two-hour time limit. We've been waiting for you over yeah, here. You, you beat the mini-game in the game. Yeah, you finally yeah. opened the game up. So I'm finally ready to not play Dying Light 2 because Horizon and Elden are waiting for yeah. me, boys. <laughs> There's yeah. too many. Yeah. Very too true. many good games. All but right. I did really enjoy Rob's stream of Elden Ring that came out today as we're recording this. That's hmm. right, everybody. The, the the new Let's Play, well, we'll talk about Shoff's Let's Play in a minute, but my new Let's Play of Elden Ring just came out as a recording on the Geek So To Speak YouTube page, so search Geek So To Speak on YouTube and you can find it, or maybe we'll put it in the show notes, but I'm not in charge of the show notes, so maybe we won't do that, or just go to geeksotospeak.com and you can find all the information there. Uh, but yeah, my first stream came up. I've... I've been diving pretty much exclusively into Elden Ring, or not pretty much exclusively, absolutely exclusively, to Elden mm -hmm. Ring this week. Um, before I continue talking about it, I'm just curious, have either one of you, Vector, I know you said you played it a little bit. How, how far did you get into that game? Well, the very first night, I played it for 15 minutes, and then I fell asleep because I was too tired. Mm -hmm. And I just kept falling off the edge of the cliff, and I was like, why am I dying over and over again? And then the next day I went back to it and I was like, oh, I could just turn around and walk the other way. Um, mm -hmm. So I played about um, 30 minutes after that. Okay. Um, and that's where I stopped. So I'm maybe about an hour in, let's say. Are you okay. <laughs> about an hour? About an hour? Are you to the open world yet, Vector? Or no? Did you get out of that cave? Yeah, I'm out of the cave. Um, okay. And I was running around. This guy on a big giant horse kept killing yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to bring him up. Yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. Okay, I so could, you're in the open world. figure out what to do there. Rob, what level are you on your character? Um, no? 12, I think. 12? Okay, so I probably played the most of this game. I'm level 27 on mine. Uh, well, character. I've got... How many, how many hours, hours do I have? I think I've got six. Six hours, okay. Six hours have, so far. Maybe a little more than that. Um, so what are I've your... I've been spending uh, a lot of my time... Yeah. I haven't been sitting at the, the sites of Grace and leveling up like i've definitely spent a little more of my time like running around and okay. just like seeing what's up and and trying to get what i need mm -hmm. essentially because this game as my geek so to speak co-host shaf can surely attest does not really tell you what to do mm -hmm. and not not really at all yeah. and so i completed the the tutorial obviously that's the video that came up on the youtube page today um the uh, gosh, why I, I do not know why I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the class. The warrior class is it might be warrior. I chose like samurai, valiant, or vagrant, or something. Vagabond, like that. vagabond, vagabond. Maybe? That's what it is. I picked yeah, the vagabond. That's your, your kind of like tank character in the yeah. In the I, looked through, I looked through all the stats at the beginning, and it's a little overwhelming if you're not. If you haven't played a, a from software game, I guess is the best way to describe so, it. Can I ask you your what? Is, what is your history? Have you played the Dark Souls, Sekiro, anything uh, that they've done? Or like, the like only real... I keep telling people I played Dark Souls, but I've been lying the whole time because I'm getting the, the names mixed up. It's Bloodborne. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Bloodborne, I played on okay. the the PlayStation Four. Okay. Uh, and I enjoyed it to a degree. Um, but it was just one of those things that I didn't, I didn't at the time invest a whole lot of my time into that game, maybe because other games were coming out or maybe I've found it too frustrating at the time, but I, I did get a decent amount of time in it, or mm -hmm. at least in my opinion. Um, uh, but I definitely did not beat it. 
Yeah. But and what was the one that they remade for the PlayStation Five when it uh, came, launched? Was that Dark Souls? That is Demon Souls. Demon believe, Souls, which is I didn't, the first of that franchise. Tech. They didn't really take off. I don't. I, in my opinion, in spirit until Dark Souls. But yeah. sure. So I I ended up not going into that one just because Spider Man came out and that's what I wanted to play. <laughs> yeah. When that and then I never went back. Um. So I do have an understanding of this game and the type of game it is that it's not, uh, these games don't hold your hand. Mm-hmm. They, I don't want to say they're difficult necessarily because I don't think the game cheats or is punishing necessarily, but it's definitely a game that just has its own rules mm-hmm. and wants you to, just be play by the rules, <laughs> I guess is the best way to describe it. Cause you can definitely go around and see the first enemy you see and start fighting, but you're going to die. <laughs> like yeah. that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it definitely is a game that encourages more of a slow pace. Defensive is how I yeah, describe it. Yeah. A defensive play style. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, my co-host with the most Shaf from the geek. So to speak podcast, he got this game and I want to, I'm going to secondhand tell his experience. And let me reiterate that this is not making fun of Shaf. I'm just telling (laughs) his experience, despite how much I might laugh. I'm not making fun of him. So he didn't really have, you know, a lot of experience with these games. Or I I don't think he really had a concept of what these games were. I think he just, you know, knew it was the next big thing. And he loves video games just as much as we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he went into it. You know, he blew through the tutorial and immediately saw the first person, the gold person on the horse, and died. And went in another direction and died and died and died and died. (laughs) And uh, just for reference on that horse, so I I think there's a couple things I would say um, to to what you're saying, Rob. So you're... Mm -hmm. You should look at how many runes you have in the bottom right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you're at, it's going to progressively get higher. Yeah. But you should go sit down at one of the fires. Uh, you, they used to call them like fires in the older games, but now they're called the graces. Mm-hmm. Um, but sit there, level up your character, and then you'll be able I am level 27 in the game. I go back to that boss that you first encounter out of the door, and mm-hmm. I die in one hit, like still, you know, which is like a crazy concept. I know... My roommate who's been playing that, he is level 40, and he just beat the guy last night, uh, and it was still took him, like, you know, a little bit of effort there. Like, it wasn't, like, you know, it wasn't a guaranteed win, you know, on that game. So this game is, uh, I think, you know, if it's like Shoff, who, you know, not by any fault of his own, but is just into the big game and, you know, doesn't really know, like, what you're in for, and I think that happened to a ton of people, it's mm-hmm. not like his problem. It's the game's problem and like the marketing and the, you know, the the gamers problem where they just, you know, did not know you're going into a game yeah. that is going to be punishing, uh, essentially, you know, it's you're not going to be offensive like in this game, like you can Horizon. Um, yeah. And that's a, a real good point, I think, because yeah. I think he's he and other players are going into it with the mentality like they're playing Red Dead Redemption yeah, or the or Legend of the Wild. I'd say or, yeah, I'd yeah. say Breath of the Wild. You have to be a little defensive, oh, in to an extent, because yeah, he just you're much more defensive here. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, where you can just you can just fight, 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 and pass. But that's not what this game is really about. Especially, and I know this for a fact, if you're not listening to what the game's telling you. <laughs> so, Sessler was saying on uh, X Play, mm-hmm. this is the worst game you can play coming off of Horizon. Like just yeah. your muscle memory and 
trying to adjust. It's just not a good, it's not a smooth transition between these two games. Yes. Yeah. So in, and, uh, my next Let's Play, mm-hmm. that's going to be on the YouTube on Monday. or so. But depending on when people are listening to this, it might already be out. But I invited Shaf to, to spectate with me mm-hmm. for that round. And first of all, I took the worst bit of advice I could have possibly taken from him <laughs> to play this game. Because the second playthrough is literally when you're walking out into the open world. Like, you're first walking out to it, and then you have that guy in gray who's your guide who mm-hmm. tells you what to do. He says, okay, we're not... This is the only hint you're getting. See this side of grace? It's pointing that way. You need to go that way. Good luck. And that's pretty much what he said. But Shroff told me that he didn't listen to that guy at all, and he didn't know what to do. But the worst bit of advice he gave me was, can you kill that guy? Is that like, can you kill the NPCs? And I was like, I don't know. Let me see. And guess what? That guy was not happy about me fighting him. (laughs) And he killed me. And the second Let's Play is, no joke, is 30 minutes of me dying (laughs) to this guy. Because I couldn't even walk out the door. Without mm. this guy seeing me and going, oh, you're dead meat, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and so eventually I did kill him. But yeah. I'll tell you what, even though it was the worst bit of advice Shaf could have given me, it was actually good. Because even though I died 30 times in a row, it really put me in the mindset of, okay, I need to play defensively. I need to pay attention to what he's doing. I can't just go at him with my sword over and over again. I need to block. I need to jump. I need to parry. I need to use my potions. And that's pretty much how the whole game is. And I've run into, I would say, tougher bad guys. Like the big Mm -hmm. giant troll. There's like an ambush from a big troll early on in the game. Yeah, if you go left out of that beginning area, yeah, there's mm-hmm. a giant. I call him the White Walker, but they, I think it's a troll in the. Uh, in yeah, the I'm sure he has a real a real name, but I was able to take you know that guy down. I think I died once, maybe twice, but I took him down. Mm-hmm. Um, and certain other enemies too, like packs of wolves, things like that. And I know these aren't the toughest enemies in the game yet. I know that even tougher challenges lie ahead of me, but it felt like it gave me a good lesson. But the the thing I think people need to really remember when you start this game, especially if you're new, is to just listen to what the game tells you. Because it's not going to tell you. Like, they're giving you the littlest, tiniest breadcrumbs of what you need to do. Yeah. But it was very easy for me to be like, okay, I need to go this way now that I know this. And then, you know, I run into uh, the ability to level up. And these aren't in order when I ran into them. But just playing the way the game is vaguely telling me how to play, I figured, oh, I can level up. Oh, mm-hmm. guess what? I can summon a horse. Yeah. I can craft. I can uh, summon spirits to help me fight. All these little things that are, I don't want to call the game easier, but it's making, it's making me feel a little better as I'm going. It, so it definitely gives you everything you need to succeed. It's just not, what's the best way to describe it? Like if you play like a... Like a ra- I, was, I, always say, I always say like a racing game. Yeah. When you go the opposite way on the track, you get the, hey, you're going the wrong way, like a yeah, flashing yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. This does not do that for you. Like it will let you die 300 times. Yeah. And it's, and it doesn't tell you any, it doesn't tell you where to go on the map. It's a lot like Breath of the Wild in that sense, mm-hmm. where there's not markers everywhere on the map and you can just explore. And that's been my favorite part. That's why, like I said, my level isn't super high because I haven't been spending a lot of time at the, the sites of Grace leveling up. Yet, 
I've mm. just sort of been walking around seeing what's out there, seeing if there's if there's bad guys that look like I can take them. Like gu- the guards go down easily, the skeleton people go yes. easily. There's a guy with like a big pot on his head who was smashing mm. his head on the ground. <laughs> I saw at a bridge, took yeah. him out easily. Um, some of them are harder than others. Or like towards the beginning of the game, there's like a a broken down or a disheveled like castle or camp where there's like 15 guards walking around mm-hmm. and you, yeah. you can attack them all at once and die real fast, or you can take them out one by one and find like you know, a cave full of wolves. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I was going to say, and that's that area you're specifically talking about. And that's the reason I want to mention this now because mm-hmm. I was having a tough time at the beginning too. Cause like, you know, I just wasn't looking up too much about the game. I was trying to go in and just figure it out and, you know, do, do the, you know, necessary reading essentially. Right. And I having trouble, you know, and I was like, man, I cannot do anything close to damage. And I ended up talking to my brother who mm-hmm. I would probably call like an expert in these game type. Like this is his type of game. He loves all the ones before he plays a ton of them. I think I, I think if you look at dark souls on my steam, I have like 60 some hours, at least 30 of that is him on my account at the time mm-hmm. playing like that game. So he was super into it. Um, and he pointed out that area too, that you're talking about where you got to go, you kind of go right and over a hill from the start, and you're mm-hmm. in an area that's much more manageable. You're not, you know, there are enemies that like, hey, if you single one out and get them to come to you, you can take them down, which I think mm-hmm. is, you know, like what Shaw ran into when I was watching his video. It's like he didn't really get to that point uh, of, you know, he's dying a ton of time. He gets frustrated, which I he's understand. He's dragons. And, yeah, and they don't tell you, <laughs> like, hey, man, if you, <laughs> yeah, if he has no upgrades and he's fighting some of the biggest enemies in the game, but yeah. he, it doesn't, it sucks that it doesn't tell you, um, like, hey, man, like, just go over this hill, you know, and then you can, you can start off in a much better position. And, you know, on, on one hand, it's been a cool experience for me, like just a, a couple things I've run into, you know, there was a there's portals in here. You'll walk mm-hmm. into random areas and it'll port you'll you'll find it and it'll portal you all the way across the map into like I've been really? into a couple of places that I don't even have the map. It's way off. I have to scroll out just to see where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And you're in a much higher level. And it actually helps because you can farm that way. You can farm runes and stuff and upgrade your character. Mm-hmm. But it's like you 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 do that and then you go to this area and you're like, oh my god, there's this giant monster guarding this castle. And then the bridge that gets me here, there's a gigantic dragon. So you have these like two massive enemies, like within eyesight of each other. And you're like, you know, like that, that is the cool thing to me about this game so far is being surprised, like running into things. You know, there's a, a ton of swords. I'd say I'd recommend caves. If you have not Mm -hmm. looked into the caves, I would research that. You can get a lot of good weapons there. Um, They just don't tell you some of this stuff, you know, like, hey, go to the caves, you know, go find weapons that have the bleed effect that that damages the enemy way more. Yeah. Um, You know, if you're looking for stuff, there's a, I found, uh, my brother sent me a TikTok. There's a, in the game, it looks like a big wall, but it's actually a gigantic dragon. And you can just sit there and hack away at it and it'll give you like 50,000 runes. So you could really. if you play this game the right way, you could start off with 50,000 runes and go level yourself up like 10 levels, you know, off the bat and just, you know, advance. Yeah. And I was I was talking to him and he knows more about these. And I was like, I was like, hey, is this in the game? Do I need to go do this now before they patch this? And he's like, no, this is they do this in the game. Like, this is part of the game. Like, they're not going to get rid of that. You know, it's just a thing they do. So there's uh, been a ton of cool stuff. I'm sure you guys have seen the clips of people like falling off a cliff, landing on a ledge and then the the boss flying down and yeah, kicking them yeah, off the ledge. That, yeah. You know, that cracks me up every time. I think it might be the same thing. It's like a snowy village. He's like on a castle mm-hmm. and 
yeah. jumps off, he's jumping from building to building to building mining his own business and he does one jump and just a, a demon from the sky just swoops yeah. in and kills him yeah i was running around a forest area and there's like some bears in the game you know you look at them they're pretty big but you're like mm-hmm. okay and then you go around a corner and there's a bear that's the size of the tree you're like holy shit you know like what is this and you're like and then you're like i gotta run you know like i gotta get out of here there's no way i'm taking that down um i think that's been like the biggest compliment i can give this thing so far is that you know i think once you're past the complexity of the game you know compared to more other mainstream titles like i think there is they do a lot of effort here to to surprise you and to to put things in the game and yeah, you know, I've I've seen many people, many of the reviewers on Twitter when when the embargo lifted, like, hey, I'm I'm 60, I'm 70 hours in, and I'm still finding things that are just crazy, you know, that I just never even saw when I was playing this game, um, which is, you know, I think the highest compliment you can give to a game that has these kind of ambitions, you know. Oh yeah, now, this game, I've been playing it all week, and I'll tell you, it's it's striking a chord with me in a really good way. I, to a point where you, you know, like you'll you'll find a game that you're really getting into, and you're working or you're off doing whatever, and you're just like, man, I wish I was home playing this game. Or you think yeah. about it in your free time. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting that with Elden Ring, and it's it's striking the same chords as Breath of the Wild did and Red Dead Redemption did in the sense that it's the the map is interesting. At least to me, it is. It's it's really encouraging exploring. It's encouraging going to check out things. And one thing that I think. Shoff and people uh, just new people to the series because it's something I figured out. You don't have to fight every single thing you see. No. Like if there's something that's way too scary or too hard, or you're dying over and over and over again, short of the guy who I had to fight because Shoff Shoff yeah. uh, gave me the bad advice, and I couldn't get any, couldn't get past him if I didn't fight him. Uh, yeah. You can go and level up. You can farm runes or grind or whatever you want to call it, and come back. And that's what I've been doing. I've, I know I can go to the the sites of greats and level up. So mainly, I've just been running around, killing things and getting runes. Yeah. And if you die, of course you lose all your stuff, but you can go back and collect it, and then just keep up at it because you're gonna die in this game, man. There's like there's no getting around it. And, and like I said, I think this is a very much like a couple of com- actually I'll, I'll get into just like the complaint that I have about this game, and, and it's a kind of a complaint I have about the franchise and the fan base. Um, so I think first, uh, if you're going to play it, you should probably pull up a wiki. If you're on a PC with two screens, pull up that wiki on the other screen, have a little mm-hmm. bit of you know information at your hand that that'll make it better. Look up some YouTube videos. You can, yeah, uh, I'll try to find one for you um, where I think it'll help you through your playthrough. There, there's an area where you can portal to an area where the enemies are stronger, mm-hmm. but you can go and you kill an enemy. You're getting a thousand, twelve hundred runes a pop. Really? a circle where you can just go and you can build that up and then you're like okay like as you you know they're going to be really tough at the beginning but once you kill a few of them go level up you're going to go back and you're going to be like okay i went from getting one hit on this guy to now he has to hit me twice but i can attack him like six times between that and kill him very easily you can take him head on instead of having to sneak up you know um so there's things like that that i would recommend uh my problem with the game is it doesn't give you a ton of stuff to do. And I, I see where Shaw's frustration is. It's like, Hey man, like if you had, let's say a feature that I think doesn't take away from the game, doesn't make it any less difficult, you know, and, and you know, you'll see the reddits and all this stuff, the four chans, like, Oh, that, that'll water it down. But I think if you gave this game like a journal, mm-hmm. Hey, go to this guy 
in uh, maybe this region of the map. You don't have to give them the exact location, the coordinates, a teleport. You know, you don't have to do that. But give somebody just some kind of guidance on where they can go just to, just to establish themselves. I feel like maybe that's the biggest mistake of this game is that yeah. mm-hmm. people can't establish themselves first to then fall in love with the gameplay. You know, that's... And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, if it's if you're not the type to want to try to figure it out or if it's too tough or aggravating, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking up guides. I mean, fun's fun either yeah. way. I've looked up some stuff already to, to help me through. Oh, yeah. And I've done I, that I in regret so it. games where, like, like, I remember Destiny, like, looking up, hey, here's where you go farm stuff, you know, and I'm like, I'm just shooting in a cave, but, like, it's fun to me because I'm building towards something that I've been working on, you know? Like, it's, to, to me... I think there's, you know, there's no shame in like looking stuff up. I think it's especially for this game. Like this is a game where I think that benefits you to a great degree. It's been a pretty two-sided conversation. Vactor over there falling asleep. Sorry, Vactor. Now tell us tell us about your experiences for this game so far. I know you don't have quite as much as me and uh Jeff W, but what do you what are you thinking? How are you feeling about the game? Well, so far, um I've been enjoying my experience with it that first 15 minutes was frustrating for me number one because i was falling asleep and i didn't know what was going on but number two i didn't know where to go and i was telling rob i was like yeah i wish i knew where to go and he said this was off mic that's the point (laughs) and once i kind of thought about it in those terms then it became Mm -hmm. more fun for me but rob i don't know if you have this the marker for me mm-hmm. when i'm addicted to a game is i have dreams about the game i always go back to halo one yeah when i got addicted to it i remember seeing the flood in my dreams coming at me and i was like <laughs> <laughs> and games since then i'll have dreams of of the game or even when i'm awake and i just close my eyes and i can see you know the outline of my gun or whatever you're seeing for a large stretch of time on Mm -hmm. the screen. So I haven't gotten there yet with this game, but I think something that this game has also taught me, and it's something that I want to bring to this podcast as well, is to slow down. Mm -hmm. Because I think we also get caught up in, I compared to like the box office with movies, People will talk about a movie the f- like leading up to it and then the first week. Yeah. And then you never hear about it again. Um, the only time is, oh, wait a minute. Spider-Man broke the record for highest grossing movie of all time a couple weeks after. Or if it, if it breaks a record, you know, then mm-hmm. we'll hear about it again. But other than that, you know, our attention spans have gotten so small now. The news cycle is so short. And there's something new all the time. Versus when we were growing up, Movies were in the theaters for three, four months. I remember Titanic was like seven months the movie was in the theater. And you're talking about it and you're hearing about it all the time. We don't have that a lot of times now with our media and the way we consume things. It's like a real short time time frame. Video games get a review. All right, on to the next one. But it's like, wait a minute, this is like a hundred hour game. We could be here for a while. So... What we discussed off mic was that we want to come back to these games. We want to talk about them as we're having multiple experiences and having you know more and more stuff to talk about. So we're not going to only talk about the game of the week 
you know, Elden Ring was last week or Horizon was last week. Elden Ring is this week. And then yeah, we we'll play some catch up. Yeah. yeah. So that's what this game has taught me also is, is kind of slow down and stop trying to go through everything so fast. I know everyone has busy lives and we're all doing stuff, but it's more fun when there's not a time crunch. There's not a ticking clock over your head and you're like, all right, I got to do this. This is homework. I got to finish right. it. There's a deadline. And then I got to go on to the next one. And so I, I want to slow down. And, and with Elden Ring, I think I'm going to try to push it out a little bit so that I can keep on, you know, keep on playing it. You're going to be like uh, my mom and aunts with Titanic, like you said. You're going to watch it seven times in the theater is what is what you're saying, you know. With the Elden <laughs> Ring equivalent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think this game is the type of game that, I mean, if you do get into it, like if you find yourself enjoying it and you say to yourself, I'm going to play this game. For me, just using a couple of different games as examples, like Death Stranding or Red Dead Redemption 2, both open world style games where there's definitely a lot of exploring, definitely a lot to do. Like I've I played those games for months, Mm -hmm. months after they came out. and I enjoyed them thoroughly because they're the games that speak to me, the games that encourage exploration and checking things out. And then the gameplay just changes ever so slightly the further you get along. And so I can see that happening with this game. And I'm going to do my best not to drop off on it because I'm, at least so far, I'm really enjoying myself despite, you know, the, the quote-unquote hurdles of this game. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting into it more and talking about it more. I think it it's a really great game. I would still recommend it to anybody. Anybody who's who's new to video games, experienced games, or even if you haven't played this these types of games, I would recommend it. I would just say just take your time, be slow, just like Vactor said, and listen to what the game's telling you and just and look up some guides. <laughs> if, uh, if, if you want a helpful tip uh, a friend of mine that I was working with, we've been, you know, sharing the map. Hey, here's where you find, you know, this sword that's good. This is where you find this. Look at this. Go take down this enemy. I think you're at the right level. Mm-hmm. He was telling me that. Uh, so I'm level 27. Rob, you're like, you know, 12 or something like or that. 13, I think. Uh, 13. And I think uh, he was showing me that end game ex- expectations around this or that you should probably be around like a level 120. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to go. You know, there is just a a ton to do in this game, which I know is daunting for you, Vactor. Um, but I think you should still give it a try. I think you should still check out the core mechanics. I don't think you need to like finish this game necessarily. I don't think that should be your goal. Cause I don't even know if I'm going to do that, but I think um, there's just interesting mechanics. I think that you would appreciate, you know, loving video games. I think yeah. you know, it's different enough that like, you know, play a few hours of it. Don't, don't get caught up in like, Oh, am I going to be strong enough for this? Just get strong enough for the little bit, just to, just to experience it. It's, uh, it's a really good Souls game, essentially, to me. And I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of glad that you know a Japanese developer, especially in, in the United States, is having you know just such a massive game that's so different. It's not you know your Nintendo franchise. It's not your Call of Duty. It's something different, and it's uh, it's massive. Yeah. yeah, and a real good thing about it, Vector too. Something that I'm figuring out as I'm playing it. So you you pick your classes at the beginning, but that's just predetermined stats. Like if I I'm the the warrior type, but I can upgrade to be a mage if I mm-hmm. want that more to be my my play style or or the you know charm or whatever the other things are. So you're not set in stone with what you pick, and I think that's pretty cool too. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm leaning, I'm right now I'm trying to lean a little more towards the mage stuff just to, to do it, just to see how I like that play style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, again, would recommend I'm enjoying it. Uh, game of the year candidate, probably for, yeah. for me. Uh, but yeah, that's Elden Ring. You guys, and I think that's also our episode of The Sandbox Gamers. Three hours later, everybody, we <laughs> we finished it. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. If you're not already subscribed, hit that subscribe button, because right now, at least right now, we're your weekly source for all things video game and video game news. We'll talk the latest games. We'll talk what we're playing in the meantime as well, and everything in between. Thank you so, so much. Um, you can find The Sandbox Gamers on Instagram and Twitter as it tour, uh, Sandbox Gamer Podcast or Sandbox, or excuse me, Sandbox Gamer Pod on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at the Sandbox Gamers. We're new accounts. We don't have a lot of followers yet, but help us out. Why don't you? If you want to follow us as individuals on social media, well, you can follow myself, Wonder Rob, W O N D E R R O B. On Instagram and Twitter, you can follow Jeff W, the always angry Jeff W. Pretty much Jeff W everywhere, I think. Yes. Right? yes. At Jeff W, Instagram, Twitter, all the places. And same for yeah. Vactor. At Vactor, V-A-C-T-O-R. Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else. And like I mentioned very briefly at the top of the show, we are part of the the ever-expanding, the brand new Geek So To Speak podcast network. So if you haven't already checked out the Geek So to Speak Network. Check it out. We have our flagship, excuse me, our flagship show hosted by myself and Shaw, Geek So to Speak, which is your source for all things geek. We're talking all the latest in movies, TV shows, comic books, trailers, geek news. You have the Holdo Maneuver podcast starring our own Vactor and Mark Vibbert or Cinemark, depending on how you want to. Whatever you want to call him. Just don't call him late for dinner. (laughs) 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 That is a short form Star Wars podcast, uh, 30 minutes or less in theory, discussing all the latest in Star Wars. We also have Treknological, a Star Trek showdown or shakedown. (laughs) Sounds like a party, which is a short form Star Trek podcast, also hosted by Vactor and Shaw. Vactor, you're you're on every podcast on the Geek So To Speak network. Oh, yeah. What's that feel like? like? It feels good. <laughs> so check out all that. You can go to geeksotospeak.com slash network to find the links for all those shows or just search the names in any uh, podcatcher that you use. And also quick shout out to the Seasons Change podcast, which is uh, a TV and movie and comic book review podcast hosted by Jeff W. and Vactor. Not part of the Geek So To Speak network, but still a great podcast. And you should check it out. It's on my weekly listening and not just because I know these guys but because it's a great podcast and I enjoy it. So check that out. We'll be back next week, of course. Not sure what we're going to be talking about next week. We haven't decided yet, but at the very least, you can count on lots of great video game discussions and all the latest video game news. Thanks for joining us. Say bye-bye, guys. Ah. GG. GG, everybody. GG. That's the catchphrase, Jeff. GG. GG's. GG's. <laughs>